Hello and howdy, this is Tom, just recording a little preamble ahead of this week's episode of Bevies with the Boys, as far be it from me to take away from Kieran's perfect aptitude at podcast intros. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping this week, uh, all in regards to my mic quality and that I may or may not have, you can't prove anything, lost a couple of audio files. Uh, the backup audio I've used it's not the best of qualities that it could be. It's slightly tinny. I've tried to clean it up as much as I can, so I do hope that you'll forgive me. Uh, next week, we'll be up and running straight back to formula. So with that being said, let's just start the show. Woke up this morning, time to record a podcast. It's called Babies with the Boys with Kieran and Tom. <laughs> Tom says, don't do the song. I say, I want to. <laughs> Sopranos is the best, and I think it's really cool. How you doing, Tom? You all right? <laughs> I'm genuinely impressed by that. Thank you. I am yeah. surely going to cringe in horror uh, upon listening back to that, but it just felt like the right thing to do, you know? Oh, I, I'm very excited to edit that. The best thing about this is, obviously, I give a little countdown and then just wait in the ether for your <laughs> intro. Was not I only clocked on that with Sopranos after about, like three sentences in. I was like, oh, nice. he's doing a bit. This is a bit. <laughs> Well, you've you've kind of seen it. I mean, you've seen how many of you have you only watched like two episodes of it? I've, oh, double that, fella. I've seen four. Oh my goodness, you're practically a super fan. Well, I I'm rewatching it at the minute as well, and uh, and I just felt like it was the right thing to do, as I said, because I I love Sopranos. I feel like everyone needs to watch it. If you haven't seen it, which is probably a lot of the people listening to this, that will make absolutely no sense. Um, but yeah, I think it's a real cool time. Uh, but. We're not here to talk about Sopranos, Tom. We're here to talk about what you are wrapping your lips around this morning, afternoon, oh, evening, whenever people are listening to this. What are you drinking? What are you guzzling down? Uh, I'm, I'm drinking. I need to reach out of frame for the bottle because I've forgotten. Uh, no cocktail this week because I thought I would celebrate just, just a little bit of our friendship. Uh, mm. I'm drinking a rum that you purchased for me. Ooh. De Dippy Cher. De what? The Dippy. You've had Duffy. You got me Duffy. Duffy. Um, What's it called? Duffy. Oh, is that the, the pineapple one? Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, that was quite nice, actually. I haven't had... Um, I've, I've really... I feel like... I don't know why. I feel like the last six months or so, um, maybe <laughs> sort of linked to this podcast, I've not really been uh, going crazy with buying exciting rums. Like, we definitely went through a period, you and I, where mainly, again, to do with this podcast, but also in our in our actual friend life. Um, where we were kind of buying each other and buying ourselves like really interesting rums, but lately, like I'm also drinking. Uh, thanks for asking me. I'm drinking. I um, know you're, <laughs> to it. you're too much of a narcissist, Nazi. I'm drinking Dead Man's Fingers today, which is again a, a favourite of the podcast and a favourite of ourselves. Um, 
but yeah, I I totally forgot I bought you that, and I'm looking forward to Christmas because any time like my my partner has loads of siblings, and um, they asked her like, oh, what does Kieran want for Christmas? And I'm like, I'd like to build up my lovely collection of rums again, so I'm hopefully gonna <laughs> acquire a new little um assortment. But uh, what's your what's your favourite spiced rum? Would you say you're quite the connoisseur by this point? Oh Jesus. Um... My favourite is one that neither of us drink anymore because it does bad stuff to our body, and that is Kraken. <laughs> you you still drink Kraken, don't you? I feel like the last time I come round yours, you had a load of Kraken. Uh, that's why I don't drink it anymore. Right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, that makes sense. You were you've been suffering with hangovers a lot more than I have recently, which is odd because yeah, it very much used to be the opposite. I never used to really have or deal with hangovers. And no. Then I don't know, it was as soon as I finished university. It might have something to do with that. I stopped abusing my body and my body went, okay, now we're, we're cool now. Uh, and yeah, it just it's difficult to wake up after a night of drinking. Yeah, no, I definitely, um, at uni, as you say, that was kind of a... Uh, something of an achievement of mine. If I, if you woke up the next morning and were slightly hungover, I was like, yes, he's finally, he's finally a human. It's like in, um, I only say this because I watched it recently, but you know, I don't know if you've seen it even, the, the second Matrix film where there's a big fight uh, in the... Uh, what's his name? Machiavellian? Uh, no, that's that's a word. Uh, there's like a, a French evil guy and someone like swings an axe at Neo and it cuts his hand slightly and the tiniest drop of blood comes out and the guy's like, see, he is a man after all. <laughs> and this is a long way of saying, I felt like that when you were hungover. Uh, well worth the, the build-up, obviously. Um, but Tom, I would like to talk to you about something that I think is very serious and very important at the moment if you're prepared for that kind of uh, gravitas on this episode of Bevy Boys. You lay it on me. The tension is built. I'm ready. <laughs> why, I... why are people so angry nowadays? <laughs> there's a plethora of reasons and there's a plethora of angers. So you mm. take me through your experiences. Well, okay. I think that we're both very familiar with the um, the subreddit Public Freakout, where it's it's an assortment of. How would you describe Public Freakout? It uh, a cesspool of angry people just screaming, yeah, just screaming all the time. And I guess <laughs> it's highly entertaining, but it's to a point when then it just starts to get a bit sad. Yeah, I think this is it. It's like I've reached that point where I went for a period earlier this year where I was on public freakout constantly because it's weirdly addictive watching, you know, you're almost living through these people's lives who film people. I mean, examples of the kind of content on there is, you know, people having a meltdown in a fast food restaurant or um, screaming and shouting at one of their neighbours. It's generally arguments, fights, loads of other shit. Uh, and it's largely centralised in America, but it's kind of interesting when you see a clip from like the UK or something. And it's got a strange addiction, addictive quality to it, and hence why I kind of stopped going on there for quite a while because I feel like it was genuinely fucking with my head. Because I went, whenever I went out, I was kind of um, assuming that anyone around me was suddenly going to start like trying to have a fight or just burst into like anger. Uh, but yeah, so I've gradually started going on there again, and I'm probably going to cease that almost immediately because again, it's kind of fucking with me a little bit. But. Um, yeah, it just seems, I don't know, like, I don't really have a, a grand point to make with this. It just seems like everyone is really fucking angry all the time at the minute. Yeah, I mean, what the last big thing that happened down in, in old England town, 
uh, was the fuel crisis where no one could get any petrol. Yeah, yeah. At all for a while, and I, I, I'm on a couple of local Facebook groups because I'm a middle-aged woman, um, <laughs> and every one of them, you had two camps of people. You had the camp of people that were panicking and trying to go and buy petrol and yelling at everybody for being out, and then yeah. you had the group of people who were equally yelling as much for people going and getting petrol when they didn't need it. There was there was no like sort of rational middle ground. It was you're you're just angry. Yeah. So pick a side, motherfucker. I think I like, Facebook Facebook is um Facebook is definitely the worst for that. I think especially this past week, but just pretty much forever I've wanted to delete delete my Facebook account and it seems like there's as many reasons not to as to delete. I mean there's probably way more to delete it in terms of data privacy and all that fun stuff. Um but just in terms of like, it's just draining. And as you say, all the comments and any of those major groups that post like a news story or just anything, some memes, um, is always just filled with this like bile and bigotry. And it's just pretty overwhelming, uh, which is not the most fun way to begin this podcast, I appreciate. And I'm sorry if people were expecting <laughs> straight in, you know, after especially after such a stellar opening. Um, beautiful. Let's bring it down to the, to the new heights. <laughs> Just really hit rock bottom today. Um, I mean, I suppose if we, usually, of course, we we uh, dovetail into some kind of media when we talk about these important topics, and something that isn't uh, something I have loads of thoughts on. But I'm aware, I think you've also seen. I watched um, I watched Spree uh, a week or so ago. The, the Joe Keery like yeah, um, yeah murderer in a car. Yeah, uh, it's like. He's essentially, yeah, like an Uber driver, but also wants to be an influencer. And uh, it was all right. It just kind of quite nicely linked to this whole topic because as well, um, I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know how avid a follower of Public Freakout you are at the minute. But for a while, I kept seeing these um, videos where there was this Twitch stream. I, I don't even know if it was on Twitch. It's probably a bit too extreme for that. And it was this guy who was literally going around um just streets in his i don't know somewhere in america his hometown he was going in shops and he was like baiting people and then macing them and then running away Jesus. and it it had like his uh his chat logs on the screen um i don't know if people have watched any kind of live stream but yeah you have like the footage and then also people commenting along and it was all these people like commenting like mace the guy mace him fuck these people and i'm like like i watched spree and i feel like i'm partly glad partly horrified because you watched it quite a while ago i remember you mentioning it to me but watching it recently like it genuinely it felt almost real like not obviously i know it's a film i'm not like delusional but you know that like we're now living in a world where that that actually exists like psychopaths streaming their behavior and thousands of people encouraging it and it's it's kind of scary yeah what spree came out I think it was 2020, 2020, yeah, 2019, 2020 sort of time. Yeah. Um, And then, even while the world was a dumpster fire, uh, it was very much, uh, oh, look at this kooky idea, pretty cool. I could definitely see something like that happening and gaining traction, and that is what is so terrifying about the film for me. Yeah, I think um, as a film, I thought it was ultimately pretty shitty because it does go a bit ridiculous. Uh, But yeah, it was kind of crazy watching it, and especially where I've been consuming so much of public freakout lately. I'm like, yeah, I need to definitely step away from this sort of you know hive of the internet because it is just, it's it's not super fun time. No, you should do what I've done, and my entire Reddit front page now is either pictures of otters, pictures of puppies, <laughs> or pictures of kittens. Thanks to my girlfriend. 
So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm living in this like furry little dreamscape and it's <laughs> lovely. I will say that my favourite subreddits are still like Zoomies, which is just dogs going fucking mental and sprinting around. And um, yeah, all the all the fun animal content. There is, this is it, isn't it? Is like, you know, that the internet can be a cripplingly depressing place, but it's, it's so customizable that really you can, you know, at least trick yourself into thinking that the world is okay sometimes. Yeah, you can, that's... It is, it's a dangerous rabbit hole because you could fall into any kind of echo chamber if you're just looking for only stuff that interests you. But you can kind of tailor your experience to fit your point of view. Yeah. So it can kind of be like you can get out of it what you put into it. Yeah, it definitely. Takes, it takes a lot of doing and it is not the easiest thing. And it's easier, I think, for controversial statements to be seen by more people than less so nice ones. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's why, you know, the the most violent, horrible news stories are always the ones that are shared and publicised the most. But um, speaking of anger and fury, but not so much horrible, violent news stories, um, I, as I kind of semi-teased last episode, uh, I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife in the past week. Um, which I actually thought was pretty damn fun. I'll give you, if you will have me, a quick little Kieran review, and then we can talk about what I think we both kind of have experienced slightly, which is uh, more related to the anger side of things. Yeah, you, you go for it. I have not yet seen the film. So Are you, would you consider yourself a Ghostbusters fan? never seen a single Ghostbusters You've movie. never seen a Ghostbusters movie? To be fair, I I'd really like... really want to, but it's like been on the back burner for a while. Yeah. I think Ghostbusters is. Um, I was actually talking to this, this about uh, about this to another friend. I'm sorry to break to you, Tom. Uh, earlier this okay. week, <laughs> about how Ghostbusters is like quite a strange franchise in that, like, it's good, uh, and the first film especially is you know a really fun '80s kind of campy family slash horror you know comedy film, um, but it's it's odd how acclaimed it is. People hold it up there with the likes of like Star Wars and, you know, all those classic franchises, but it's, it's, it's like, it's okay. It's like a really, it's a really good example of what it does, but it's not groundbreaking in any sense. I don't think. Um, but anyway, talking about the new film, it's just come out. Ghostbusters Afterlife, largely an entirely new cast for the most part. Um, Paul Rudd is probably the name most people gravitate towards in terms of big celebrities attached to it. Uh, and he's great. He's as lovable as always. It's um, kind of what we spoke about, actually, coincidentally, I think last week when we were talking about horror films, rather than a reboot of the franchise, it's like a belated sequel. So it carries on from the original two. I think it foregoes the 2016 one, but I don't really know because I haven't seen that film. Um, like a Halloween situation. Like a Halloween situation, exactly. Uh, and you're basically in this small little um, rural town following this family that have just moved there to this abandoned house that the mum of the family, single mother, her um, estranged dad owned. And uh, yeah, eventually hijinks ensue, as we love to say on this uh, this show. And, um, you know, general ghost busting is needed. And I thought it was a really fun film. Um, I will admit that the first third of it almost lost me, mainly because at one point, I don't know if you've heard this, this is a main point of contention for people like level against it, is that there's a child in the film called Podcast, <laughs> uh, which is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in the cinema. Uh, but there you go. Um, but yeah, when you can get over that, it's actually, uh, you know, it ends up becoming a really fun film, has genuinely quite funny moments. Uh, and if you like Ghostbusters, especially, there's a lot of, you know, ghost busting. Um, 
But what quite surprised me was when I finished watching the film, I, I went home, as you do. You don't live in the cinema. Yeah. Well, and I don't know. Um, not in between the seats. I just curl up. <laughs> Like in a, between the seats, what in that yeah. like where the armrest is, you yep. just balance on there. Um, I, curl up, I sustain myself on spilled popcorn. Nice. That's how I live in my hovel. <laughs> as we know. Continue your story, please. Sir. Um, yeah, so I, I come home and I, as I think I mentioned quite a while ago uh, on this on this podcast, I am a big fan or I'm, I'm a big user of uh, Letterboxd, which is a, a movie tracking rating app similar to your likes of IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, although it's all pretty much uh, user-driven. Uh, and I, I went on Ghostbusters and everyone was like really mean <laughs> which, which sounds like why would i give a shit about what people think of this like big blockbuster film you know i'm not involved with it personally but yeah. it's a trend i've been seeing a lot on letterbox which is a shame because i when i first downloaded it i thought it was a really cool tool for like tracking what films you want to see and reviewing stuff and things but then when you go on like the um top rated reviews for a film like ghostbusters which isn't i wouldn't say it's a 10 out of 10 but i as i said i really enjoyed it it's, it's- above average film i imagine yeah again it's a, yeah it's it's a it's a real solid action comedy uh i'd say slightly horror but not really as much um and a lot of the reviews just seem to be people trying to dunk on it and like everyone's sort of then they don't really give you an opinion like they're just sort of trying to get the best joke away and say oh two stars uh not enough ghost blowjobs <laughs> and it's like well Okay, um, but yeah, I just I don't know. It it's it sucks because it seems like the sort of film world in general. I initially, when I started using Letterbox, was like, "Oh, this is great! Like, this is an actual outlet where you'll find rational opinions." And I guess that the again, like we said about with the violent news stories, this is just kind of the the most quippy or quickly shareable things float to the top. But yeah, it's um, that film community sort of getting together and speaking yeah. about films it's, it's more passionate than say like your imdb or your metacrickets which are just like a little score yeah you'd hope so but um it just seems like when you actually dig into the reviews of these things it's everyone just being like i don't know just dicks because they want to st- i don't know i don't even know what i'm trying to say without coming across as like a crybaby because they didn't like the same <laughs> film as me because it's very much not that like i appreciate other people can have different opinions but it kind of just seems like generally it just you know anger more yeah. than rational thought it's I, just boiled down to like people just fucking as i said like dunking on things just because they want to show their friends and be like look at this fun joke i made about ghostbusters it's like oh cool but like i actually kind of wanted to know what people thought what of the film on it. i uh, i am glad that you've brought up this topic right uh, because and i have prepared a little game for you and <laughs> our wonderful listeners uh, mm. stolen right from the nose of another very much more prolific and popular podcast, uh, Mr. Sunday Movies and The Weekly Planet, who we mm. both listen to and watch. Avid of, fans of, yeah. Yeah, they like to do a little one-star review from that box itself. Okay. Uh, of a movie. You know this, I know this. So I mm. found three movies, which are, some might say iconic, a lot would okay. say iconic, uh, and I've got, a bad review of it and it is up to you my boy to guess the film i'm excited hit me are you ready yes uh this is this has been pre-planned to the nth degree i didn't do this very last minute 
I've been <laughs> looking for these for weeks. Uh, first yeah. one might be a bit of a home run for you, but first okay. review I've got. First movie. I'll, I'll bring the lights down, make it dramatic. Yeah. Piece of shit movie. I hate men. Piece of shit movie. I Piece hate of men. Shit movie. That's the whole review. Okay. And I. It's I definitely know what a movie are. you've seen. It's an iconic movie. There is. I've got a second review for it, which does give a little bit more away. Um. Uh, piece of shit movie. I hate men. You won't be able to get it from that review. I can guarantee it for you. Is so, it The Shining? It is The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely, I did not know that. I just, I, I thought, how does Tom's brain work? Oh, that? That's that's yeah. funny. The second review was more like The Shittening. I had okay. diarrhea for weeks after watching this terribly <laughs> unreleased movie. Yeah, no, I probably would have got it from that, but that's funny. Okay, I, I just, it's more that I know you as opposed to I would have known what that was, and I'm like, yeah. Tom's thinking, what movies do I like? What's his first I, guess? I, <laughs> I always like to dunk on what you love. You uh, do. Are you ready for film number two? I am ready for film number two. Let's roll. Okay, I'm going to swap around uh, the first one. Oh, You're worried now because you know that I'm really good I at am. this game. <laughs> you've got, you've got a ten out of ten score so far. So yeah. I've got. For an adventure film, the only real adventure for me was seeing how much of this film I could sleep through without missing out on any plot. Turns out, the answer is 99% of it. Uh, that's really difficult, because all I know is that it's an adventure film that might be boring. Yeah. Um, can you, you can tap into can you a second give me review? a decade? Uh, a decade of well, well, when it came out. Yeah, not when the review came out. <laughs> <laughs> this was a 2013. No, I now need to do a very quick Google. As I okay. said, been planning this for weeks. Uh, this movie came out in 2003. 2003. Not a decade, an exact year. An adventure movie. I mean, I'll guess The Matrix Reloaded, but that's only because I know that came out in 2003. No. You're wrong. Okay. I'm sorry. Do you want to hear more reviews and try and guess? I'd like to hear another review, please, okay. Chris Tarrant. I've got <laughs> two reviews because one was I just found it funny. I was just scrolling through reviews for this film, seeing what people's okay. critical opinions. Uh, one popped up. My brother was so bored he threw a water bottle at my head. <laughs> I just like that as his adventure for the movie. I the like that. One, Doesn't really give more info though. Does no, it? <laughs> this probably does. Why the fuck and fuck is as you can guess, all caps, yeah. is it so fucking long? Why the fuck is it so fucking long? 2003. Um, is it Lord of the Rings, one of them? It is Lord of the Rings, the one of them. Is it? I can't remember what 2003 was. Is that Return of the King? Return of the King, baby. Nice. You that got is it. very fucking long, to be fair. I like two. it, but that is... You've, you're a Lord of the Rings fan, aren't you? I am a Lord of the Rings fan. I've not watched them in a long old time, but I just... It, it's a weird thing for me because I see the Lord of the Rings franchise as sort of one of those perfect film franchises. Like, I don't mm. think they got a single thing wrong. No, they're very good, but they are my only slight against them, which isn't necessarily a slight as much a um, indication of my attention span, is they are exceptionally long. I mean, I'm mainly I'm talking about the extended cuts, but in my yeah, view, it's just... kind of like if you're going to watch them, you might as well watch those versions because I don't like the idea that I'm like missing out on stuff. 
Um, <laughs> you get FOMO about a movie. You're just I do. Shaking. I do. But yeah, that last one's like four odd hours. And I remember when I watched it, because I'd seen them previously, but my girlfriend hadn't. So we watched the whole trilogy, the extended versions earlier this year. And the last one, we, we kind of paused it at one point because I think we had to do something briefly and saw that we still we thought we'd watched pretty much the whole thing and saw we still had like two hours left so we ended up like going out for a walk or something and being like <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to this the yeah it's it's exceptionally long but uh they're they're good films so i think what i'm saying is do you, what's the third movie are we ready to roll uh, we're ready to roll. I've only got one review for this one. It's all okay. I could find. It so is, hopefully it's not incredibly obscure. <laughs> it's an iconic movie that yeah. me and you love. Okay, you mm. ready for this? I'm yeah. going to hunt down and kill whoever came up with the idea for the arm mouths and needle hounds. Cunt, uh, count your fucking days, bitch. That's the whole review. Half could you rep- for the For the arm mouths and needle hounds... Arm, mouths, and needle hands. Needle hands. Oh, this is um, this is Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three: The Dream Warriors. <laughs> it is Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three: The Dream Warriors, <laughs> which is, as you say, one of our all-time favourites. Not even ironically, I think that is an no, amazing it's, horror it's film. A great fucking thing. It strides the line perfectly between campiness and horror. Yeah, that is um that is a horrible scene. The whole uh, needle fingers thing, like that is yeah. I I I understand that review. I I can resonate with that. I can't. It was great. It was it was some <laughs> of the best uh, horror movie prosthetics I've seen in quite a while. That's only because you love sounding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Moving on. Uh, speaking of needles, yeah. just a little you... mini anecdote from this past week. Um, I I went to the the dentist, which is one of my favourite hobbies in the world. And you um, scared me of that transition for a little. Bit. <laughs> speaking of needles, I've started heroin. It's actually real cool. Um, but no, I went to the dentist, and uh, it was gen- meant to be just a checkup, but they ended up doing like a, an X ray thing. And I don't know if you've experienced this before, but it was really bizarre, where they like put this. Um, I don't know what it is, like some kind of thing in your mouth so that they can x-ray your teeth, but then I guess it doesn't blast through your head. It's like one of those things that stops the x-rays. Um, and so the woman put it in my mouth, the the dentist, and, um, and suddenly as soon as they put it in and went to start the x-ray, her and her assistant literally ran out of the room. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And then the x-ray machine did its thing. And as soon as it finished, they came back in and I was like, well, that was strange. And then they did it two more times. And every time, like, she'd put the thing in a different part of my mouth, like, get ready almost to press the button. And then her and her assistant, like, quickly booked it out of the room. And each yeah. time I'm thinking, like, what are you, should I be concerned? Like, <laughs> I appreciate you've put this thing in my mouth, but what about, I don't know, my brain <laughs> that's, like, next to my mouth, as, you know, most people probably understand. Um, the only way to the brain is through the mouth cavity. <laughs> apparently so. They've just chucked a bit of coal in your mouth, you're chewing down on it, blocks everything. It, oh. I like to think that they did that simply to fuck with you. It was genuinely quite unsettling it's like you don't like seeing medical professionals run out of a room that you're staying in <laughs> it's not training uh, for the olympics and they just use the x-ray turning on as their go buzzer 
Maybe, yeah. I mean, that's one of the most ridiculous things I've heard, but uh, possibly. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was quite concerning. Um, what else has happened this week? Did you have any exciting little things before I dominate the rest of the conversation? <laughs> I, I, I don't have many exciting things. Uh, there's one, one topic I've been mm. consuming recently. Go on then. That I was hesitant about. And we've, I've, I've spoken to you about it slightly before. Uh, are you aware of a streaming platform called Netflix? Never heard of it. Okay. Well, this is going to be difficult to explain. <laughs> um, I've been watching... Uh, Netflix have done a new TV show called Arcane. Mm. It's based on League of Legends, the game of which never played or consumed. You never played too, League? It's too scary for me. Oh, I had a real period where I was super addicted to it. I don't. I think I, it was. I was maybe like fifteen, sixteen, but I'd literally play it for about eight hours a day. I I would just be racked with guilt of just like everyone here hates me. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know how to play the game. What's going? I'd live in panic and fear. Yeah. I need someone to hold my hand to do that. Um, anyway, Arcane. What's Arcane. What's, what's the story? Uh, in Arcane? I as with every single video game to tv or movie adaptation i thought it was gonna just hearing it of like an animated tv show based on a video game property hosted on netflix that's a big bullet point as well (laughs) yeah i mean netflix quality has been going down for ages i think like as as a slight tangent i've also watched uh red notice that new oh that's the dwayne johnson uh, yeah the big action film was that all right it's it's okay. the The main thing I can say about it is it's finally made me realise that I don't think Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne the Rock Johnson are actors anymore. They are just <laughs> themselves. That's, yeah. that's who like that. That entire movie is just watching the Rock and the Ryan hang out. And yeah. That's it. See, they're, that they're that is a shame because. I feel like that was a a criticism that people maybe have previously been able to level against. For example, like Jim Carrey, um, when he was doing, you know, Peck Detective and The Mask and Ace. uh, What else did he do? He did lots of Uh, films. Um, Bruce Almighty. Bruce exactly. But then he does something like um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And you're like, oh, my God, like this guy is an incredible actor. Like that film is one of the few that will almost consistently make me cry. It's wonderful. Um, And I feel like Ryan Reynolds has um he's done good movies he's done really good movies and like before he i think deadpool was the and i'm not saying deadpool's not good and those kind of films aren't good but as you say he's kind of just become himself which is like we watched free guy did i watch free guy with you i can't remember if you were there or you're just implementing me into your memories now because you assume that we don't we we're Um, at the hip yeah, Free Guy is like the worst example of that, I think, where it's like Ryan Reynolds is a very charismatic, very likable guy, but he even he cannot carry this movie because it's clearly just written to be like a Ryan Reynolds vehicle. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I want to see more Ryan Reynolds like dramas and just like, I wanna, he's like, he's a good actor. It just does seem like he's become this caricature of himself, which is making him loads of money. So why would he do anything else? But um, anyway, you weren't talking about yeah. Ryan Reynolds. You were talking oh, no, about I, League of Legends. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, I do like Ryan Reynolds as mm. this massive character because what, uh, obviously it's, it's mainly just, just take him as Deadpool, and that's kind of now how he's casted yeah. every role. Um, yeah. 
Which what about Dwayne great. Johnson? You got any thoughts on him? Uh, I I like him. I, we, there's a reason he's probably one of the most charismatic people in the world. Yeah, because um, he is. But I yeah, feel like I couldn't picture him in a dramatic role either. No, but I think that is now because he has reached that sort of iconic state of you will only see him as Dwayne. Well, what what are the recent movies he's done? Uh, of he's did loads of. There was that one where Jumanji, Skyscraper. Yeah, Rampage. and all of them are kind of, he's the same guy. He's just, it's, as you say, he's just Dwayne Johnson. And it's like, I mean, it works, but, you know, how long, yeah. I don't know. I was going to say, how long I, are people really going to look, like watch this? But clearly he's got a Netflix career now as well, like well, a while. There's one, there's one bit of credit I will give, what is it, Red Letter Notice. And I Red don't Notice, know if, I think it is. It's just I Red Notice. I'm just adding. I haven't even seen it. Action-based uh, <laughs> verb. Do you mind if I spoil it for you? Is this is it a hot topic film that you want to see? I do not care in the slightest. Just so warning, okay, warning to anyone else, we're about to spoil Red yeah. Notice if you give if a shit. If you're going to watch Red Letter Overdrive Notice, uh, <laughs> don't listen for the next two minutes probably while I ramble. Um, yeah. Because... Dwayne is such sort of an iconic role, a big twist that they do, and this is the big spoiler, uh, the big twist that they do at the end is they make him one of the bad guys. So the whole time he's uh, he's a FBI agent chasing an art thief, and at the end they just go, but he's also an art thief all along. And it works because the entire time you're just going, well, he's stupid. He wouldn't do that if he's chasing him down. But then you're like, but it's Dwayne Johnson. He's that straight-laced action cop. Yeah. So that is the one bit of credit I'll give it of it did have at least a semi-satisfying twist of going, oh, I was like, okay, you got me. I have to hold my hands up and be this, uh, um, Dwayne, you've done it again. Isn't, uh, isn't Gal Gadot also one of the main characters, or is that just for marketing purposes? Gal Gadot is one of the main characters. She is. Uh, she actually plays a villain. In really? The yeah. Well, it, it it ends on a slight cliffhanger where they're obviously setting up another movie. Um, but I I actually really again I, I I wouldn't say she's an amazing villain like an iconic villain. No. Yeah. Seeing her do again predominantly here, obviously her I think her biggest role arguably is Wonder Woman. Um, I think that's fair. No, it's yeah. it's that minor character in the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. Uh, but she's always been sort of more heroic side. It was fun seeing her as a villain and trying that kind of role. It was actually quite prescient, and I think she does a bang-up job at it. That's um, good to hear, at least. So I like that they've flipped the things a little bit, but I, with every Netflix film now, I can kind of see, like, it's just a Netflix... You can see it from a mile away. Yeah. It's like with all those... Um, Adam Sandler Netflix films they were basically all the same they just had Adam Sandler and his friends in different costumes doing a movie I haven't watched any of those I'll be honest the only one I've seen which isn't really an Adam Sandler Netflix film is just uh, Uncut Gems which ended up on Netflix but I think is A24 um, and is absolutely phenomenal I mean if we're talking about like typecast actors that suddenly go into a role that is incredible Uh, I mean the same with um Nicolas Cage in Pig is like, you know, he's kind of typecast as a, an, a genuinely insane man. <laughs> and um, he suddenly... I literally don't have an opinion on Nicolas Cage because he is so varied. And I think that makes him a phenomenal actor. 
It's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. But um, yeah, no, Pig is also a big recommendation from me. But anyway, we've come horribly off course. The main thing you were talking oh, about yeah. was Arcane. <laughs> After I've said that Netflix is getting very stagnant with the, mm. not the quality, because it's still, like it's a well shot movie, but it's a, an average movie of that. Um, Arcane, I expected to hate it. I expected for it to be just like a subpar watchable it is surprisingly phenomenal i've heard that I've a not, lot yeah yeah i've not been as surprised by a tv show in quite a while where i think even sort of casual fans what for the first thing the animation is stunning right like i i cannot think of a bit of animation or a film of animation that surpasses it um, obviously, what is it? Uh, uh, Love, Death, Robot? Love, Death and Robots. So, yeah, that was another animated yeah. Netflix thing. Uh, that, some of the animation there is, I would say, some of my favourite animation of all time. This, I wouldn't say blows it out of the water, but it basically takes one of those 20-minute shorts and extends it for an entire 40 minutes. And right. It's, it's incredible. The writing is good. The characterizations are good. It's just, it's a fun ride uh, that you kind of want to keep on watching. And that's all you could really ask from a TV show at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, you said um, you said that, you know, you, you you haven't played League at all. So presumably the, the plot of it is at least approachable from like a newcomer's perspective. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I don't know. The one thing that I would think, and I don't know this for a fact because I'm only halfway through. Um, the big thing that I'm worried about is if it, does and again this is this could be me speaking out of my ass um if it does steer more towards sort of sort of a league of legends direction and because obviously they have what i think what they're called champions of like the characters you can play in the game i can imagine that obviously they all have iconic looks so i'm thinking like as soon as you see or there is a champion in the show uh, you're quite aware that the stakes are then low because they're not just like going to kill them off or anything yeah. because they're big parts of the game. So it just it leads you to if there's like a basic side character, the stakes are higher for them. It, it It's that weird sort of balance that is going to be hard in any kind of medium that you translate over because you like you don't want to kill off the main characters, but get some fodder in there. Yeah, would you say it's um? Would you say it's comparable to because you and I, well, previously were and not so much for any reason. Now we just don't play as much of it, but we were really big fans of Overwatch, and that had a lot of really great kind of animated original cinematics that they mainly put up on YouTube and stuff to build out the world. Is it kind of that quality? Like, because I'd love to see a Netflix Overwatch oh, show, yeah. which I think was something they were maybe working on. I heard at some point. Yeah. Well, League also League started doing those cinematics before. Overwatch as to sort right, of okay. what's it and they're because I watched again I just wanted to delve in I watched a couple of those and they are of comparable quality so it's basically like if you take one of those Overwatch shorts um it's yeah again it's one of those extended to 40 minutes it's got the same like level of pacing and animation and just entertainment which if you're taking something that is supposed to last two minutes and stretching it out almost like 20 times that length yeah that's a feat of its own that is impressive so i'm i'm not saying it's the greatest thing i've ever seen but i am sitting i is probably the thing that has impressed me the most recently because i had very low expectations 
Well, you definitely intrigued me. I've heard a lot of, um, like, you know, I think the Rotten Tomatoes for it was really high and everything. But as someone, especially, you know, you who's not involved with League and interested in League at all, the fact that you're enjoying it does make me interested in watching it because I thought a lot of that positivity was mainly coming from big fans of the game. So it's interesting to hear that, you know, it's yeah. it's also appealing to kind of people outside of that sphere. What can I say? I'm a, I'm a trendsetter. things that most of the public have already seen and i'm just talking about after the fact you are you're very brave (laughs) i am i'm gonna let you now do a transition while i lean off mic to pour myself a drink (laughs) <laughs> that's very kind of you i was gonna say that um the the flip side of positivity about games have you seen the um the insane backlash not insane as in unjustified just like surprisingly uh violent backlash to battlefield 2042 that's just come out and how it's like a it perfectly seems to encapsulate the current state of gaming. You've got that, and you've also got the likes of the the Grand Theft Auto um, Definitive Edition collection, whatever, uh, and just how everything seems to be broken and uh, a letdown at the minute. Yeah, well, I think people are a lot more aware of it. I think um, No Man's Sky, that was like a very old, I think that came out in like 20... 18 2017 yeah i think it was about 2018 yeah that's the first big game i can remember that had like a really controversial sort of uh opening release that's the one that's the one i'm looking for um and then since then i think the frequency of them have gone up because what even in this last sort of like one to two year period alone we've had uh cyberpunk which was very controversial battlefield now is incredibly controversial uh, the new Halo has been pretty controversial. GTA Remastered has been controversial. I can't keep saying the word controversial because it's <laughs> stuck at the back of my throat. Um, but it, it's it's led up to this sort of kind of fascinating... Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, narrative of people and their expectations for what a game should be like when it is released. Yeah. Well, it's it's really interesting as well because we went through this period of um, of games kind of seemingly from the outside being you know people had realised that the the single player real premium AAA experience was valued and the likes of you know God of War and um, I can't think of any others off the top of my head like Doom I guess like there was a real period of like constant high hitters and everything was great and it seems that there's a few companies like Ubisoft and unfortunately Rockstar and um, apparently Dice as well which I guess is EA which has always been known as a bunch of uh, fucking money grabbing shitheads um but yeah it just seemed that some companies are really kind of testing the waters to see the bare minimum they can put out to make a load of money and as you say i think it's quite um uplifting in a sense that the community as a whole is pushing back and going like fuck this like you there is no way that i'm buying this um which hopefully means that this kind of shit is going to be very short-lived i mean we've had this back in you know when dlc was properly microtransactions and although we still have elements of that a lot of games are going free to play now um but yeah, we've we've kind of, especially this year in particular, seems hit a period of companies being like, 
what's as I said, what's the bare minimum we can do? And hopefully we're immediately going to get rid of that because people just aren't having it. And and I love it. I yeah. love seeing everyone push back against this kind you of like nonsense. The rally back. The re- you're an anarchist, is what I'm. I am. I'm a, a crazy son of a bitch. But yeah, so I, it's a shame because when I first saw early gameplay for Battlefield 2042, I was really interested in it because I am a big fan of that franchise. I know you're not yeah. as much, it, but well, it, it looks gorgeous is yeah but it's just a fun shooter but then like this week especially i watched um video game donkey's video on it and like it's it's funny because usually he has quite witty commentary but his video i don't know if you've seen it is literally just him um silent showing gameplay letting the game speak for itself of like what the fuck is going on with this where you've got like vehicles flying up buildings inexplicably people like dying and rolling around on the ground and it's just clearly they've released it in a completely broken state um similar to as i said the the grand theft auto definitive thing where i was kind of interested in playing that because grand theft auto san andreas was one of my like favorite childhood games um but again, that just seems like such a half-assed, you know, rushed out money grab piece of shit. Yeah. And it's like, well... The thing that makes that release worse for me was the fact that you used to be able to buy like the old emulations yeah. of the PS2 games and they completely mm. took all of them down from every digital store so that they could sell this new version, which a lot of people have problems with because they've done graphical updates that uh, for the uninitiated they're basically upscaled all the graphics so that um say like in san andreas when you're on the top of a mountain there's natural fog because it was a playstation 2 game it couldn't handle that much detail where now there's no fog so you can just kind of see how shitty it is from very far away and it it takes away atmosphere from the game Mm. which it's a big thing you need atmosphere in a game to have fun with it essentially (laughs) Um, something crazy that I'd heard this week, and I don't know if this is 100% true, I'm largely just passing on hearsay, but apparently the process that they went through to up-res a lot of the textures in the original was largely just letting AI do it, um, which means that, like, I watched, um, there's some YouTubers I'm a big fan of, and they put out a, uh, a like, 40-minute kind of gameplay preview just when they first played it, and some of the visual gags of the original, like, there was a shop that's, um, called it had like air guitars two hundred dollars which in itself is kind of quite a funny tongue in jo- yeah. uh, tongue in cheek kind of joke but because of this ai recreating the textures and supposedly up resing them it was changed to like ar guitars so that joke no longer makes sense because you know they fucked it because there was no human oversight they essentially just thought well let this ai do this sell it for 40 odd quid let's make a load of money yeah. um but like yeah i think it's great that people are turning around and going absolutely fucking not like we're not going to buy this you've still got a lot of the apologists and things like that um but yeah it's it's just it's nice to see people uh not putting up with this kind of shit anymore because hopefully that means by 2022 things will begin looking how they should and we'll get like god of war 5 and as i mentioned last week horizon and elden ring and all these great games and they will be as people expect and not, you know, criminally yeah, uh, be, under-delivering. They'll be released in a state which is playable, which is good. Yeah. Um, you bring you bring up a good point, which is what I'll, I'll, I'll turn this to now. Obviously, we've sort of shat on current games that have come out sort of in this past month uh, because they've come out very poorly or yeah. shouldn't, arguably, shouldn't have come out 
this month. Um, is there like uh, I I already know the one game you're going to say, but other than <laughs> okay. that, other other than Elden Ring, I'm going to take that off the table. Right. Would you say there is a big game coming up that you're actually like genuinely excited for? Um, I feel like I'm not as immersed in the gaming space as I have been previously. So Elden Ring is, as you say, is obviously the front runner of that. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is definitely, I keep calling it God of War 5, but God of War Ragnarok is definitely um, second on that list because I recently replayed God of War, the new reboot of that, and it is as incredible as always. Um, I think they're just the ones I've mentioned. Yeah, the, those two, and then uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Forbidden West, I think it's called, because I really liked it. Did you play the original Horizon? I did. I, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't. I know it's like an iconic PlayStation game now. I really, I couldn't get into it. Really? Oh, okay, it, fair it's enough. It's the same as that and Ghost of Tsushima for me, which was, yeah. it felt like an amalgamation of a lot of different mechanics I'd seen and already played. And at that point, I was just like, I've done, I've done this. Too. I'm going to just go play Portal again. I want yeah. something different. <laughs> um, yeah, so someone else, uh, when we were talking about uh, things being underwhelming, um, I I was wondering, uh, Tom, as, a, as another, as well as gaming, you're obviously a big aficionado of music. Um, what's your Spotify That's Discover Weekly pressure. been like recently? Because mine frankly has been absolute shit for the majority of this year and i don't understand why mine is always and this probably won't surprise you it's the most eclectic piece of shit (laughs) i've ever heard that if anybody ever listened to it they would harshly judge me but i love most songs on it Nice. Okay. Because mine, um, I used to, that was the just for people who don't use Spotify, which is maybe 10% of the population by this point. Uh, oh, I guess you've got like Apple Music and all that. But anyway, yeah. um, Spotify kind of has this usually really good um, bespoke AI driven set of playlists. So you have daily playlists based on different genres. Um, and then you also have what's called Discover Weekly, where it kind of puts together, or so, I think it's 30 songs based on what you listen to. Uh, and mine for the past, like genuinely, I think most of this year has been what you say is in like eclectic, but just stuff that I have no idea why it thinks I'd want to listen to this. Like there's, um, I wrote down uh, Computer Love by Kraftwerk, uh, Kraftwerk, however you want to pronounce it, um, is a song that I've heard, but every week seems to suggest it to me and i'm like i don't want to listen to this you need stop to doing this <laughs> it's really weird it's like spotify and craftwork are like in some sort of weird it's, it's cahoots. A sponsorship they need to get you to listen <laughs> you're the only one but i i just wanted to sort of check in with you to make sure i wasn't going insane because yeah discover weekly used to be my favorite part of the week like so, uh, when i lived a very sad <laughs> life and lived around spotify um you went but, until monday it's like oh boy here we go um but yeah it just seems like it's really taken a a downhill spiral at the minute you know me though man my discover weekly at the moment i can what i'm i'm looking at it now uh i can read you some of the song titles of my leather my fur and my nails by stepdad harry's never had a girlfriend by the midnight fuck boys i gave my heart to a ghost it's all just weird like scar shit with maybe some pirate-based fiddles and an acoustic guitar. That's all my Discover Weekly thing for the past year, and I love it. <laughs> but this is the thing, is that that's mostly... Right. That's what... I mean, not 
to be rude, but that you generally listen to a lot of ska, alternative rock, and like can, it makes you sense. Say weird shit. You can, you <laughs> I can say weird shit. <laughs> but it's like yours at least makes sense, whereas mine will just be random. I don't know. It, it's almost like someone else is using my account, which I know isn't the case, but it's it's you just weird because sure. I used to. I used to love Discover Weekly, and it's just it's let me down for quite a while now. Yeah, it's been an old disappointment. Um, it's sad. I can uh, add in new news to you. Oh, exciting! Know if you've heard or not? Uh, right. Relating to Spotify, which we've had a, a big discussion on this before. I don't think on the pod. I think in a in a drunken state of us screaming at each other. Okay. Um, and the the big news headline is this is all because of Adele. And Adele has pushed this forward. Okay. Uh, you know when you go on an album? I do. And you've got a big green button that says play. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Uh, whenever you hit that button, by default, it shuffles all the songs on the album. That's does it? Because I'm looking at an album currently and it doesn't shuffle it. Yeah. Pl- playlists because it does. Adele has now petitioned for the default to be to play in the album order. Did it used to shuffle? It used to shuffle. As far as I'm aware, I think it always has. It has always shuffled. Or I've just always had my phone on shuffle. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it did previously that, shuffle. I mean, that was, that was a big news headline for the week. I read it oh, on okay. BBC News and they would never lie to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> we I certainly believe them more than I would you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I haven't, uh, just tangentially to that, I haven't listened to Adele's new album. I don't know if you have no, it all. I haven't either. I no. haven't even listened to Ed Sheeran's new album. I'm behind I've not the listened times. I'm not to any of kids. <laughs> I've, but you are call for cats. Um, oh. I've not, I've not listened to any of Adele or Ed Sheeran's albums. Period. You know, I'm, I'm a real cool hipster dude. You are the most hipster of person that I know. <laughs> but uh, semi-related, I did today listen to a lot of Squeeze. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> Um, I I think I think it's time that we uh, we put this baby one. down. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you? Are, yeah. So anyway, uh, I suppose this is as we mentioned the the outro that I find very difficult to try and yeah. um. We need to we need to launch a Patreon and uh have it set at <laughs> zero pound to submit, but just so that I can say to people, go and uh, subscribe to our Patreon because I have absolutely nothing to say here. Um, beyond, no, I, I suppose... I will always love the slow peter out of the topic is <laughs> finished. How do we end this now? Yeah. It's all, it's um, all part. Uh, but yeah, so follow us on Instagram, at BevBoysPod. Follow us on Facebook, uh, which I think is just Bevboys of the Boys. Subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and any other crazy podcasting app you may have created. Um, if you could leave uh, us a review, good or bad. Highly That's a good appreciate point. It. Yeah, very much appreciate that. Although I do not have an iPhone or access to uh, Apple Podcasts, so I won't see it. <laughs> I will. I I will read them and I will cry myself to sleep. Do we have any reviews? Do you want to have a quick look on Bevies of the Boys? Have a but, have a live reading. I I don't think you want the answers to that because I can pull up the app and it will be zero reviews. I'll be like, oh no. I think there's okay. Give it a go. Just see if there's one. If not, then we can make this a funny little bit. <laughs> This is this is high pressure now. While I, I haven't used Apple Music or podcasts in a while. Okay, 
That's not what I want to hear. (laughs) Yeah, no, it won't work. I need to download a whole entire app. Okay, never mind. We'll try that. We'll we'll pick this up. We'll start a next episode. I tell you what, yeah. Leave the best review you can, and it will be read live next week. Yeah, if people, yeah, there you go. If people use Apple Podcast, leave us a review and uh, we will we will use it. We will read it out next week or Tom will, because I, as I said, I, I'm an Android little boy. I don't have access to it. Uh, so how exciting. Well, um, I think people have learned from this meandering nonsense that we've reached the end. So uh, Tom, as we as we say at the end of Bevies of the Boys... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs>